Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is, well, it's actually Thursday afternoon, but if you're watching this, it is Thursday evening, or maybe you're listening to this as you drive up to Tallahassee um, for game week. Man, we're just a couple of days away now. We have to wait that extra extra day because we're playing on Sunday night, but uh, excited to get up to Tallahassee, excited to hang out with Richie and Harlan and all the guys coming and then get inside of Doe Campbell Stadium to, uh, to watch them football. Richie. You've clocked out for the week, or are you ready to get up there? Like, well, how you doing, man? I cannot wait, TJ. I am so excited. I uh, knew today was going to be it for me for the work week. I made sure to get there at 5 a.m. this morning so I could leave at noon and uh, do this show with you and our, our very special guest who we had on last year to preview Notre Dame. And, uh, yeah, I have nothing going on until tomorrow. The wife has a half day of work tomorrow. So I'm probably going to go to the range and uh, hit some balls and get ready for my uh, competition with John Puck. Uh, but I'm, I'm ready to be in Tallahassee. Uh, excited for dinner tomorrow. Everything going on Saturday. The game on Sunday, obviously. Uh, what more can we ask for? The offseason is almost over, and we are finally in game week. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Obviously, with with things that we have going on on Friday and Saturday, and then. Um, Sunday with the tailgate, we've had a lot of people reach out and, and message us about it. Obviously, we'll post location and everything. I mean, it's right between, right between the uh, the football and baseball fields, but uh, we will uh, right outside of Doak. So we'll we'll get people location. Just hit us up, of course, if if you want to stop by. Um, Richie's competitions on Saturday, we're super excited for. Obviously, you can still try to raise money for charity when Richie loses to both John Pock and Vic Allen um, in the little uh, pros versus Joel Joe's Knowles edition. Um, maybe it's Knowles versus Joe's, um, but, uh, I don't, I don't know, but anyway, uh, (laughs) excited for that. So you can obviously hit up our, our PayPal It's paypal.me slash double fries, giving all money, all proceeds to charity, um, for that. So we're excited for it. Um, get more details on our social media, double fries. Also brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee, um, 1818 West Tennessee, 2550 North Monroe. Appreciate those good folks. Um, have a call with them this afternoon to talk, talk about the fried chicken. That'll be our tailgate. So should be fun. Excited for it. Hey, let's jump right into the episode. Uh, Richie alluded to this, but returning for the second year in a row, Mr. Tim O'Malley. Tim, it's been a while since we chatted. How you doing? Good. I think I have made that walk through campus uh, in between the fields. I think I know where your tailgater is going to be. I've, I've stayed uh, – both times I came to Tallahassee for – Notre Dame games was 2002 and 2014. And I stayed at that. This is kind of sad. I'm not doing that this week. I stayed at the days in next Ooh. to that firehouse subs, you know, right there on campus, mm-hmm. right by campus. Yeah. So yeah. I have made that walk. Yeah. They, they haven't renovated that from, from 2002, if I recall. Uh, right off Tennessee. And, <laughs> yes. and, they're, and they're getting probably 400 bucks a night this week. Yeah, they did. They had oh, a, yeah. A it's chunk of change. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you coming to town? You coming I am. I'm flying out uh, early, like 6 a.m. Saturday morning from South Bend, uh, and I land about well, – I got a connection. Sure. I land about 1 o'clock in Tallahassee. Cool. Well, you, um, you're you welcome to stop by the tailgate for some – I, I, if, I, if I'm coming by there, I definitely will. It's going to be nice. You have a nice fan for me, right? I like these walks through campus when you're wearing like yeah. really nice clothes to cover nice a football Nice clothes game. and everything yeah. else. Yeah. I went to see a friend's tailgator at Georgia a couple years ago. It was about, I felt like it was 100 degrees when I was walking over there. To, yeah. To we, well, we, we have, have a tent. We have a big tent. There you go. And, yeah, pin on fans. So um, saw the high is 90. Uh, low is actually like 68, 70, which is like – that's probably like first thing in the morning, but right. 
90 in Florida, like in September, I mean, it's not cool by any means, but like that's not that bad. Like, no, it's like, it's see, like yeah. a yeah. you know, yeah, we <laughs> have we have great weather here right now. We have, but Brian Kelly even talked about it. We had a heat index issue last week. We're, it was like 110 on the field at Notre Dame. It, we had 95 oh. and ridiculous. They got pulled off the field once for the heat. Uh, but now it's now it's nice stuff. So. But it's yeah, I, 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 that does sound nice. Florida at ninety and low at seventy. It should be pretty nice around eight thirty. Yeah, no, it'll it'll be a good time. So Tim O'Malley of Irish Illustrated, we appreciate you for coming back and chatting with us again this year. Um, you know, let's let's go right into it. So we had you on last year. You talked about it. You kind of talked about. I remember you talked about some. Um, you know, Florida State did end up covering that spread. We picked a bunch yep. of over unders. I don't remember you know, what any of the over-unders were. I'm sure the over hit on Notre Dame rushing yards, but uh, Notre Dame, yeah. Florida State yeah, maybe true. was a little bit more competitive than than we were thinking yeah. would happen. Um, but I think you even told us, like, you know, Notre Dame is not just an absolute lock to just blow, you know, blow everybody out. And um, Florida State had got some breaks in that game. There were some special teams things that went our way, right. some turnovers. that, And that's what you need when you go on the road as a massive underdog and and – South Bend and a program that just is not is hopefully on the right track, but is not you know where they need to be or where they've historically been. Um, but looking at this year, Notre Dame returns um, some talent, but not a lot, right? Returning what like eight or nine starters com- total. So like, there's a lot of new faces on the on the front of the depth chart. There are. It's a kind of a weird uh, weird situation though. If you think about Notre Dame's like the returning players, they're Josh Lugg is not a returning starter, but he started nine games. And Zeke Carell is not a returning starter, but he started the championship game last year. Excuse me, not, not the championship, the playoff game against Alabama last year. Kane Madden, you know, 31 starts, obviously, for Marshall. I think Notre Dame fans really want to see if what Marshall All-American means when you come to play Notre Dame and Florida State and, and USC in games like that. But, uh, hey, either way, you bring in a Marshall All-American, it's better than just bringing up another freshman, right? And we, I think we t- we're going to talk about this. Blake Fisher is – Starting a left tackle is the first true freshman left tackle to start a game in program history. Um, spent some right tackles and some guards. But, yeah, it's last last year you just figured they rolled the ball out there with four pros on the offensive line and Jarrett Patterson, who's, who's a fifth future pro. This year I'm interested to see what the offensive line does. They have, they have more skill position talent by a fair amount developed this year than they had last year. Um, but, boy, that offensive line was kind of like – I was – you were kind of – invulnerable from an upset unless a team had a million breaks, you know? Um, but it's Notre Dame fans are excited to see the perimeter talent this year. It's, uh, it's seniors that have never done anything. And I can explain why if you, if you have the time, but they, uh, they are really bullish on their perimeter talent this year. Yeah, Tim. So there's five games on Florida state schedule that we think it would be no shock at all. If we lost, right. That's Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida, North Carolina, Miami, but I think most Florida State fans, include myself, would say if we could get any of those teams in week one, it'd be Notre Dame. Just because of what you mentioned, that there's yeah. so many unknowns. They're replacing so much. A true freshman starting at left tackle. We have Jermaine Johnson, a right. defense end from yeah. Georgia transfer. That should be a matchup. If we can't win that one, we have no chance. That, that's a fact. Um, and you mentioned Kane Madden, the guy that Florida State was really, really, really after. We really wanted him. Um, we did end up with Dylan Gibbons. So just real quick. Thoughts on Dylan Gibbons? Obviously, you know, he sounded like he wanted to be promised a starting job in yeah. South Bend. Uh, Coach Kelly would not do that, so he he decided to transfer. So Florida State fans, we love it because we, we'll take any help we can get on the offensive line. But just initial thoughts on uh, Dylan Gibbons and what he brings to Florida State 
And then Notre Dame's offensive line, on the other hand, uh, you touched on that a little bit with, you know, true freshmen starting at left tackle, uh, bringing in four new starters. That That's if for Florida State fans looking for hope. I think this is where we're going to try and have to find it. Yeah, I think that's their best matchup, too. I, I You know, defensive ends with Keir Thomas coming in, um, Jermaine Johnson. In, you know, Lug's, Lug's a fifth-year senior. He's he, he played – he started five games in 2019 for Robert Hainsey, who went to the NFL when Hainsey was hurt at right tackle. Um, Lug started a couple games last year out of position. He was overweight, and he, he, had a, he had a back problem. I should just say he was overweight. He had a back problem, and he gained weight. Um, so I, I think Josh Lug will hold his own. Blake Fisher is, of course, he has he, – he, he won that starting job in mid-spring when he enrolled early, and he has not come close to giving it up. So he's going to be very good, but I can't imagine he's not going to have his share of troubles or struggles against a 22-year-old, almost 23-year-old man in Jermaine Johnson. I mean, he's yeah. Blake Fisher is probably – Notre Dame's last four left tackles are Zach Martin, um, Ronnie Stanley, Mike McGlinchey, and Liam Eikenberg, and Blake Fisher is going to be the fifth to go to the NFL. But he's 18, so that, that has got to be a place where Florida State wins. And, and Jack Cohn has started a Rose Bowl. He's started a Big Ten championship game. He's been to Happy Valley in the Horseshoe. But your first game starting under the lights for Notre Dame at Florida State in that atmosphere, he, he's going to have more jitters than Ian Book would, right? I mean, if you rolled Ian Book out there, you wouldn't be thinking that you could take advantage of the quarterback. So I, I think it, people really are hoping, Notre Dame fans, that Cohn can be a better passer than Book. But I think they're going to miss the fact that every time it was third and six. North Carolina fans know what I'm talking about. Every time it was third and six, Ian Book would get the ball and he would get a first down. I mean, right, right up until you run into Alabama, that was just a pretty easy recipe for him. And I think that's gone from the offense this year. Yeah, and definitely want to get into Jack Cohn because I think that's very intriguing, especially for Florida State fans who had Alex Horderbrook starting for us a few years ago as a that's right I from Wisconsin. You had Everett Golson too for a little while down there. Yeah, but, we did. Yeah. 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 Uh, but Everett, yeah. Everett had way more. Yeah. Well, yes, but you, but we thank God for Everett. Like Horderbrook yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but, like, but sticking <laughs> to the theme of the offensive line, I want to expand that a little bit. Uh, several publications have listed tight end Michael Mayer as you know the best tight end in the entire country. And Florida State's biggest weakness on defense is our tight ends. This looks like a matchup nightmare for me. Obviously, Notre Dame ran the ball at will last year against Florida State, and I'm just terrified of that play action opening up Mayer. Like, what are you guys expecting from him? Because uh, the national hype is massive for Mayer this year. Yeah, Notre Dame's tight ends has been – it's been 50 years of having quality tight ends going back to Hall of Famer Dave Casper. And they've had every tight end that has started at Notre Dame – except for two, has gone on to play in the NFL since 1972. And Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, said, this summer, Michael Mayer will be the best tight end in Notre Dame history. And often, coaches don't often say that about yeah. guys rising to be sophomores. But every time Michael Mayer doesn't appear on a list, we, we hear from Notre Dame people who are like, how is Michael Mayer not being, not, not coaches, from, Notre, from media, they're like, how is he being overlooked? And I think it's because he's not draft eligible. You know how... Phil Steele puts out his lists and stuff like that, and, and they're great lists, but he's a true sophomore. And Michael Mayer is, according to people inside the Goog or Notre, Dame, Notre Dame's football office, he is by far the best offensive player on the team. And that includes Kyron Williams, who's a preseason All-American. He, he is a great, great player. Like Kyron Williams, maybe Kyron Williams benefited from having gigantic holes all of last year, right? Sometimes running, running back so they don't get touched for six yards can look good. Michael Mayer is going pro after his junior year, and he'll be a first-round pick. So, And he he talks – we only talked to him once uh, in August. He acts like he's a fifth-year senior captain. It's just his maturity level is super high. 
Um, he's a problem for everybody. But yeah, as you said, if, if it's not play, if you can't run, you can do something about Michael Mayer. So obviously they have to have the compliment there. Um, other side of the ball on defense, um, new defensive corner, coordinator, Marcus Freeman, familiar with Norvell, played him a couple of weeks back to back a couple of years ago in 2018. Um, talk to us about Notre Dame's defense. We, we'd like to think that Florida State's offense has taken a, a bit of a step forward this year, hopefully with um, more continuity in the offensive line, health at quarterback. You know, we're, we're the healthiest that we're going to be all year on Sunday night. So um, hoping that our offense has taken a slight step forward. So talk to me about Notre Dame's defense a little bit. And what's the expectation there? Yeah, I think that, you know, if – Going to last, going to last year, you kind of knew what you had in Clark Lee. No matter what, I mean, Clark Lee was going to uh, adjust to whatever he saw, keep the points down, and Notre Dame rarely gave up more than two touchdowns and two field goals in a game. They were they were quality across the board. This Freeman is showed a lot of different looks: three down, four down, different nickel looks, different dime looks that we saw in practice. And I thought the defense was ahead of the offense. I think the concern Notre Dame fans might have is that they have a lot of returning veterans defense of the two deep is. They never cut guys loose under Clark Lee. Like you, you had to earn things. Or, or you know, Tamori and Terry would make a leaping catch against Notre Dame. That's not cutting a guy loose. They did not have many mental mistakes. So you got to really avoid a mental mistake. I think in giving an underdog like Florida State with with a lot of talent reason to believe. And you just you you want to make people earn it. And I, I think Notre Dame fans will wait and see. They really love Marcus Freeman, the recruiter. And when you watch film of Cincinnati, awfully good defense as well. But you. It would be unfair to Clark Lee to say that Freemans are automatically going to be an upgrade because Clark Lee's, they were so sound across the board. And I think that's what you need unless you're playing, you know, Alabama or, or Trevor Lawrence and then sound doesn't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> um, injury to a linebacker. Help me say this name. Is Maris, Maris Leofau. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's Maris Leofau. Uh, he is. So it, it's interesting to watch the guy play. Um, they can replace him in the base defense. J.D. Bertrand is a, uh, will be a redshirt sophomore and he barely played it all last year, but he, they both beat out last year's will linebacker starter, Shane Simon, who with, um, he actually had a rough game against Florida state, if I recall, number 33. So Shane Simon started eight games last year. He's third string will. Um, now he's second because Leo out. What Leo does though, is in the nickel and dime packages, he is long armed, six, four, really strong, fast, he totally destroyed Sam Howell's slant game last year. And if, you know, North Carolina can't throw slants, that's their offense along with the running backs. Um, he is just a, a great package player. I don't know if he would have been a great disciplined gap player, which is what Bertrand will be. But they lose a lot, I think, when they lose Leofau on third down in those speed packages because, you know, guys like that with that range and speed and they can drop into the flat and they could hit this B-gap blitzes. They, I, they really were using him as a chess piece. And we heard from Notre Dame um, – you know, off the kind of inside the Goog again, as I said, that uh, I keep saying the Goog, it's, it's their football office. Um, Leofau affected so much that the first day back at practice without him, they had to like change defensive line alignments because of what he could do in the nickel. So I do think that will hurt. Um, I, JD Bertrand, when you watch the two open practices, was probably their most impressive linebacker against the run. So I think he's a physical guy that will go in there, but it, I don't think he is the the playmaker that Leofau was. And I, Notre Dame fans are kind of going to get to see that for the first time in Leofau because he was a, he was a rookie playing last year. Uh, Brian Kelly has alluded to and said that they're prepping more for Jordan Travis. We, we think Jordan Travis will be the starter. So we're not like, man, what the heck's he thinking there? But uh, you know, thoughts on, you know, Notre Dame preparing for, 
Travis as QB one thoughts on, you know, Milton, would they rather, would they rather be Milton, you know, with that, you know, do they, are they preparing for him a little bit? Like what's the, just give me the the view of the quarterbacks on on you guys' end. I, I think injured Milton would be better than George Travis. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Mackenzie Milton when he's not injured is, is a pretty good pretty good playmaker. But I, I thought Travis was good against Notre Dame last year. I really thought that would that would put Florida State's offense on the upswing. Um, obviously they were still uneven as the season progressed, but they have a lot of respect for Travis because how he played in that game. I know he had over 100 yards rushing. Um, it's it's unique to look at Florida State and not recognize every wide receiver that I see when you look at the depth chart. But I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, they could be better in the hole than they were just having Tamori and Terry and guys that were disenchanted last year. Like just buy-in could be better for their offense this year. Is is that going to help the quarterbacks? I mean, I I, I know how good Tamori and Terry was. I don't know if you guys are allowed to say his name anymore, but I know how good he was at Florida State. But it seems like a lot of those guys that were they already had one foot in the NFL draft last year, and it seems like maybe that that's culture is going away a little bit as Florida State rebuilds the program. And that's kind of the danger because, you know, we replaced Mario Terry with who we hope will be our QB1, Andrew Parchment, who's a transfer from Kansas. Yeah. And then you think about Milton, Jermaine Johnson. We have all these transfers of the one year that yeah. yep. you're worried if things start going downhill early in the season. These guys, they have no allegiance to the program. What what happens? That's, that's my big concern. Uh, but one of my bigger concerns for Sunday night is how you guys, Notre Dame, just ran all over Florida State at will last year. Um, you bring back Kyron Williams. He had uh, 19 carries, 185 yards, yeah, he's... A, a long of 65, two touchdowns. Um, and again, linebackers, again, uh, we, we talked about, um, you know, the tight end, uh, Michael, and the running game's the same. We could not fill a gap last year. Like, it wasn't that our linebackers were where they needed to be and just missed tackles. They, they weren't anywhere close to the ball carrier with simple counter plays. A lot of Florida State fans are looking at Adam Fuller, defense coordinator this year, like, all right, you get a pass last year, but this year's different. <laughs> um, how big is being bringing back, like you said, an All-American, Kyron Williams, and uh, my goodness, his ability. He's really good. Yeah, he's and he's a he's become a fan favorite pretty quickly. He's actually going to be um, in tandem a lot this year. They, they're Chris Tyree, who I think scored against Florida State last year as a true freshman. Um, speaking of one of the gaps, I don't think he was touched. It was one of that like 45-yard run. He is – he is not 1A. I mean, he's not 1A or 1B, but he is closer than two to Kyron Williams. You're going to see a lot of them in the backfield at the same time. Uh, Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, mentioned if we did a draft of our team, I don't think Tyree would last past the top eight. So if you're figuring Kyron Williams is also in that, you'll see a lot of two backs because Kyron Williams is a really good receiver in the slot too. So they're pretty excited about what they can put out there with Mayer and Williams and Tyree. And then the I think the key to the running game, though, is keeping it balanced because, as I said, they could just line up last year and say, we are running the ball, and this is what's going to happen. Um, I don't think that's the – it can't be the case in game one with an offensive line trying to gel, and I think Florida State's got the talent. You mentioned the defensive ends, and, I mean, I think they have enough talent up there if, if the linebackers can be gap sound to slow down Notre Dame's running game. But if the passing game complement is there, I think Notre Dame will have a great day running. Um, and you'll probably know by late in the second quarter uh, if no, if what we think will happen, Notre Dame's receivers being better than they were last year, comes to fruition. If not, then I think you could load up and stop the run. Unlike last year, you just Notre Dame, remember they would go with two tight ends. They go Mayer and Tommy Tremble, and it was yeah. just we're going to run and see what you do about it. And really, I mean, Alabama did something about it. That's <laughs> what it comes down to. And Clemson did in the, in the second game, but it was it was more that Trevor Lawrence was out there really in the second game. I yeah. think Notre Dame was still able to run the ball. Um, yeah, it, I. 
I really think Jack Cohen, the passing game of the time he has, is going to set up the run as opposed to just going out there and saying, here's what we're going to do, try and stop it. Yeah, and we'll get into predictions and the point spread and all that, but Notre Dame does enter as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I'm a little surprised to see that line holding steady as it Mm -hmm. has the past few days. I know the very early line was 11, so I I really have no idea what to think about it. Like, is Doak worth three points? Is it worth four or five with all the extras going on this weekend? The atmosphere, first full stadium? We'll see, right? That'll happen, but – I think most people at this point do expect Notre Dame to win. Uh, I think TJ and I would probably both agree with that. But what would have to happen, in your opinion, on Notre Dame's end to open that door for Florida State? I think it's more uh, – I we, we talked about this. We just had our podcast previewing the game. And somebody asked a question, you know, what, what will Travis or Milton have to do to spring the upset? I think it's what is Jack Cohn not allowed to do because he doesn't have time for Notre Dame to hold off Florida State. I, I really think Notre Dame's defense will play – over the course of 60 minutes, not without hiccups, but their their front seven is really good. They they are sound. They're very sound. Kyle Hamilton, their safety is by far their best player. I don't have a ton of faith in the rest of the secondary, the corners. Clarence Lewis is a starting sophomore corner. He started as a true freshman last year, and we kept saying he is really good for a true freshman. Now you don't get that leeway anymore, right? I mean, last time Florida State fans saw him, he was probably going against Devontae Smith, so he did not look quite as good as he had the rest of the year. But yeah. He should be solid, but they have a couple new starters. One is Houston Griffith at safety. He's a senior. He has not done anything at Notre Dame. Top 70 recruit 24-7, and I believe he was committed to Florida State at one point, Houston Griffith. So he is the other safety. Um, they like him. We're going to find out. Brian Kelly's mentioned you know, all the things they're going to do with Kyle Hamilton. He's kind of a rover. He plays all over the field. Houston Griffith's going to have to be a tackler. He's going to have to get running backs to the ground. I've never seen him tackle, so it's going to be a really – but they, they really like him. Either they're just trying to give him confidence or he's just improved that much. But I, I don't think the Nordium's defense is going to have a bad day. I think they'll play very well. So I think it would be the upset happens if Jack Cohn doesn't have time or, or doesn't have a great day, um, you know, which I, I just think he's a, a pretty good quarterback. Um, then I think, you know, you, you a lower-scoring game would favor Florida State. Um, kind of following up there, you know, talking on that for, for just a sec, like, do you think the spread, and we'll get into a prediction here in just a little bit. I have a couple off the field things to, to chat about too, but, um, so you don't have to give a prediction just yet, but, um, you think the spread's too low? Like what's the confidence yeah. level on this? Like, you know, like I, to me, could FSU pull the upset? Yes. I mean, and we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute, but, uh, for it to only be seven, I mean, I don't know, you know, I have Florida State, you know. Played him well last year, got some breaks, kept it to a two-score game. Could they keep it to one? Sure. But Notre Dame's confident that they're going to win this game, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. They're very comp- they're a really confident program now. This this year five of kind of a, a total reload by Brian Kelly. And you know, I mean, the in those in those four previous years, they've lost to Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Michigan. And that's they just go out and beat other teams. They're on the road in the last 10 games. Two losses were Georgia and Michigan. They played horribly against Michigan. It's kind of like a, a sticking point for Notre Dame fans. Still don't know how that happened for an 11-2 and two team. But, I mean, their other road games in all these last four years, they've scored 45, 38, 45, 38, 31, 34, 35. You know, they, they, they go in, they handle their business. I do think Florida State, with the Bobby Bowden passing away and the emotions are going to be there and a crowd coming back, I think it'll be the toughest place to play other than Georgia. Georgia was lit. In 2019, man, when Notre Dame came down there, number three Georgia at the time. I mean, it was insane. I have been a lot of places. I could not believe that crowd. Um, 
Notre Dame, this team, a lot of this team has gone in and won at Virginia Tech, you know, and obviously that's a kind of a cool beginning. And that was all they really had was the beginning. But uh, I, the, the line is surprising me so much. I'm afraid of it, right? If you're Notre Dame, if you're a Notre Dame backer, like, why is it just seven? Um, I know it started, you said, you know, mentioned 11, and I saw 10 a lot. I would think the line would have settled in that nine and a half, 10 range and just kind of make you make a choice there. But is it, is it late money? Is it money coming in from fans? You know, is it, is it, or is it sharp money coming in? I don't, I don't know. I would not, maybe if you just hear Florida state opening game at night, prime time, Sunday night, Bobby Bowden, maybe a lot of people are betting that way because I do think Notre Dame's defensive line is, is a pretty sound defensive front seven is a pretty sound starting point that would allow them to control the game as it goes on. So on that pretty specifically, um, talk to us about, um, I know that this is kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I like to get different people's perspective, but uh, talk to us about Coach Bowden. I know that, like, f- like from a Notre Dame perspective, I mean, you've covered the program for a while, but yeah. like, um, you know, some some classic battles back in the day with with Coach Bowden. But but talk about, you know, I've asked a lot of people around Florida State, you know, on this podcast, but I like to get other perspectives. So give us a give us a few thoughts on Coach. I briefly met him once, and Mickey Andrews, by the way. But my roommate, yeah. my roommate in Atlanta. Uh, and all his friends, so he was, uh, were Florida State graduates, and we played football with Steve Gilmer, who was a Florida State player in the mid '90s. And so I have, I mean, I've been around Florida State program a lot. Like living in Atlanta, I watched and went to Florida State games with my friends. And I mean, Bowden was the guy when I was in high school. So this is right before they became. They were still finishing the top three, but it was before they became household names. It was so it was before the Casey Weldon era, I guess. I loved watching Florida State play because they were one of the few teams, well, them and Miami. I hated Miami because of the rain, but I love watching Florida State play because they were a team with a pro-style offense, and I loved everything Bobby Bowden would do. And, of course, if you're a teenager, you love Deion Sanders if you love football, so you're watching that. And So Bowden has always kind of had a place uh, for me in my football heart, um, other side from they gave him the national championship in 93 over Notre Dame. <laughs> but uh, I know Bowden's been a favorite of mine, and uh, I – I, I can't say I sit around and root for Florida State all the time, but uh, I watched a lot of Florida State football in the, uh, I guess, 99 through 07 range when I was living in Atlanta. And I, I, they were still very good then, obviously, championship and a little contention. But Bobby Bowden's probably one of my favorite coaches to watch growing up. And, uh, I mean, just from the punt ruski and all the other stuff, I just thought he was – and, of course, seems like one of the nicest guys, you know, you're going to be, like a very genuine, genuine person. Yeah. I'm not sure that any of us uh, that are, you know, FSU fans are, are super excited for, uh, I we're excited for it, but I don't know that we're ready. Maybe is the right word for the, uh, for whatever kind of tribute they do before the game. It may be a, yeah. a sunglass, it may be a sunglasses at night kind of. Uh. That's a tough, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't imagine it's so fresh too, you know, it's, it's yeah, not like it happened in February. Happened. So it's, no. yeah, he, he, I think that'll be, that'll be quite a moment. I found out Brian Kelly never met Bobby Bowden. He had a good story about, about Bobby Bowden too, but it's, it's amazing to me that Brian Kelly never met Bobby Bowden. Now I realize Kelly, I guess, didn't become a, you know, Cincinnati, you wouldn't meet him. Grand Valley State, you wouldn't necessarily. But you would think at some point with Notre Dame. But yeah, I guess, I mean, they, they just barely didn't cross paths with 2014. But that was, what, three years after he retired, maybe? Uh, I think Fisher. it was in 2009. Okay, so yeah, yeah I guess it's all five years. years. Well, you yeah. know, I mean, he came to Notre Dame in 2010. So I guess that's that's when their paths yeah. start crossing for Power yeah. 5. Um, all right, I got one more, and then we'll get into some picks and, and get you out of here. We, we certainly appreciate your time. Um Richie slightly mentioned um, Dylan Gibbons and we mm-hmm. re- wrote a story about him. I asked coach Norvell a question uh, about him up at ACC kickoff this year. Um, you know, I, 
on the field, off the field, I, yeah, I don't really care as much on the field right now. But this one, obviously, it's it's been pretty neat watching what he's done with his uh, name, oh, image, and likeness stuff, and the stuff with Timothy and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, obviously, Notre Dame fans want to want to win. But he quickly became a fan favorite here in Tallahassee, and, and I assume he's a pretty big fan favorite up there too from from a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and you want to talk about handling name, image, and likeness expertly as, as a college <laughs> graduate. That, that that's a wonderful thing, and, and what he's doing. Uh, yeah, he's well-liked in the program. Um, I think it was surprised when he left because he was so well-liked. I, I don't think he was going to win the job. Um, he left before Kane Madden came. They did go after Kane Madden after he left. I mean, it became obvious they needed someone because otherwise another true freshman would be starting. Rocco Spindler would be starting a guard. Uh, he and Gibbons were kind of battling in camp. And, I mean, I think Gibbons might have beaten him out as a true freshman, but I don't think he would beat out Madden, obviously. But uh, off the field – I think Dylan Gibbons is a very popular guy. Um, I'm sure he's got a lot of friends, um, uh, even on Notre Dame's defensive line. On the field, I think he's a quality run blocker. I, I do think he'll struggle a little in, in pass protection and some interior stuff. But he's a very likable guy. And uh, I think it's probably great as with young players at Florida State on that offensive line to bring in someone like him uh, to kind of mentor him in the, day, in the day-to-day type of thing. I mean, you might end up having all the offensive linemen as they grow – through Florida State's program might end up being better than Dylan Gibbons, but he can kind of have an impact on him, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, we're we're glad to have him. We'll take any help. I mean, you know, we, we take you on the <laughs> yeah. offensive line last year. But, yeah, situation with the yeah. offensive lines of these programs. <laughs> he, uh, he came in, and we're glad that he uh, glad that he's starting. But yeah, his stuff off the field is has been yeah. really impressive, and, and we've we've enjoyed that. Um, he looks you know. bigger. Is he really three twenty one? I just saw that on the depth chart. I don't think he was that big here. I don't think he was that big here. But maybe it's, maybe I'm wrong. He was. You remember he stepped chicken. in. Yeah, he yeah, stepped it's, in. It's yeah, <laughs> that, that'll do it, huh? <laughs> um, all right, we did this last year. We're gonna do it again. We've got some over unders for you. Richie's got them kind of listed out. Uh, for those listening, for those watching, we do have a sponsor for this segment. So that was pretty cool that we've got some stuff kind of going with it. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the app Prize Picks. Richie and I have downloaded it now. But if you go to your app store on Apple or, or Android, you can download the Prize Picks app. And what a lot of Prize Picks is, is they do a ton of over under. So it's daily fantasy simplified. They've got stuff, and we're we're picking everything from Prize Picks today. So I'm going to basically just go in and do the opposite of everything that Richie picks. Um, but they've got over-unders on um, every sport that you can think of, every statistic that you can think of. They've got, you know, passing yards. This weekend, obviously, college football being so big. Passing yards, passing completions, passing touchdowns, rushing yards, rushing attempts, rushing touchdowns, you know, same thing with receiving and you can mix and match from sports and games. So it's a really cool app, daily fantasy kind of simplified. If you deposit with code, no slaw, they'll match it hundred percent up to a hundred dollars. Um, so go check out the prize picks app. That ad read will get a little bit smoother as we go. First time doing it, but, uh, go download the app, sign up with code, no slaw and enjoy Hopefully making some money. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pick like I said the opposite of what Richie does, and I should be I should come out on top. So Richie, we've got some over unders this week. Let's get into them. Yeah, and TJ, like you said, all of these are from Prize Pick. I, I'm so happy because last year I was blindly going to the barn sports, yes, making up numbers. Because <laughs> I had no idea. I'm like, all right, well, this is where I think Cole end up. So let me just put it right there. The so best part of the best part about the sponsor is not that they're giving us money every month. It's the fact that Richie has accurate yardage. Like he's yeah, not just coming up with a random, like one day, what, I don't remember what it was, but 
I don't know, whatever he said for the sacks for Miami, I was like, over, over. There's no way you set that line correctly, you know. Um, so, anyway, yeah. That's I think the line was up 10 and a half sacks and Miami went over. So, it <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter, but so. Seriously, though, let's, let's hop right into it. Um, this is one really caught my eye. Uh, so, uh, no Florida State quarterback odds right now just because – you know, Vegas yeah, obviously yeah. is not sure. We, I think we're all pretty confident it's going to be Jordan Travis. But we'll start with Jay Sean Corbin, 47 and a half rushing yards. Um, TJ, what, what do you think? Man, Florida State splits the load at running back. Yeah, so that, that's, a, a, you know, you think like, oh, 47. But yeah, they're, they they said good lines. I mean, they're not, you know, yeah. Richie had this at 100. They'd be like under. Yeah. Um, so, um, man, I got to pick. I think that we're going to go under on this one. I've, I've got an under. Uh, I think Florida State spreads the spread, spreads the love. Travis runs for a lot. Don't anticipate that Florida State. I think Florida State's going to trail a lot, so we're going to have to try and pass more. I'll go under. What? Right, Tim, what, do you think? what did Webb? What did Webb rush for last year? Along with Travis's one hundred and six. Do you guys remember the ballpark? Oh. He had a touchdown, right? I'll go because of spreading the wealth. I'll go just under. And as you mentioned. Uh, Experts are making these lines, so it's got to be close to that. That, that sounds low to me, but yeah. uh, I mean, if Toa Feely's involved too, then Notre Dame is a really good front seven. So if you're spreading the wealth he'll, by three guys, I'll go under. He'll break the line on the first drive. Yeah, yeah he'll be, yeah, he'll be, he'll be like a 37 yard game. Like, all right, yeah, well, and I'll just be like, well, man, just screwed that one up. So, so, so I'm operating under the assumption that Jordan Travis will be the starter. And I think that actually opens things up a lot for Corbin as opposed to Milton to where. You have to respect Jordan Travis's yeah. ability to to pull it and run it, as we saw in South Bend last year. Um, I think he gets twelve to fifteen touches, so that puts him at four and a half a carry. I, I think he can get to fifty plus. Um, so just to be the contrarian, I'm going to take the over here, and I'll start this one off while taking another over, and that's Kyron Williams, ninety two point five yards. I, I just think Notre Dame wants to pound the ball, control the game. I, Brian Kelly doesn't seem to me like the guy who wants to just blow someone out. He wants to get a comfortable lead and then just control the game. And I think Kyron Williams plays a big role in that. So I'm going to take over 92 and a half for him. Uh, we'll go to Tim on this one. I got to go over on that one too, because he's going to get one 30 yard run in there yeah. and then he gets enough carries to get it. I know they, they won't, he's not going to get 25 carries because Chris Tyree will get the ball too. Um, yeah. But I got to go over on that as well. You don't have, Ian, you don't have Ian book keeping it 10 times either. That. Yeah. Speaking, it's kind of like the other way around. You know, it, yeah. with Jordan Travis affects yeah. it. Well, I, I, now this Jack Cohn affects it. He's going to be handing it to him. Uh, I've got over as well. I think that I mean, I'd love for it to be under, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that that this is going over. All right, so we'll go to Jack Cohen, and this is an interesting one to me because uh, I do see Notre Dame scoring, you know, thirty plus. They have him at one and a half passing touchdowns. I think Brian Kelly, he's old school. He's confident enough that if they get down in the red zone inside the ten, he's going to want to run it. The play action to Mayer does scare me yeah. that he could get two there, but I think I'm going to go under, even though I think Notre Dame's going to get 30 plus in this one. Um, TJ, thoughts there? Yeah, that's low, man. I don't, I don't trust our secondary as much. Like, I know that they'll be able to run <laughs> the ball when they want, but I, I actually like our, not the same way that Tim likes theirs, but I like our front seven more than I like our back four. And so, I'm going over on this one. I'm going over with Mayor and Fort Lauderdale native Kevin Austin, who is a senior with six career catches because he's been suspended and out for a year with an injury. 
And he is Notre Dame's fifth best overall player, and he only has six career catches. Mm. He is a – we got to the point where we're asking Brian Kelly, like, okay, we go to, you know, one out of every seven practices. Is he always like this? And he's like, yeah, it's just we haven't ever had him on the field. <laughs> he was suspended at the end of his freshman year. He was suspended his whole sophomore year. Uh, and he like missed all of last year except for one game with a broken foot. And it's just been like, this dude can't get on the field. But mm. he is a player, so I'll go over. But I would not go over 2.5. I think it's going to be a closer game than – yeah, that's I don't so, think they're getting. They're not getting forty-two. Is what I was trying to say. Basically, there. Is, that's uh, somewhat terrifying to hear. He but. is a. He's he is like. If, if we're wrong about Kevin Austin, we shouldn't watch practice anymore. It's one of those things where there's people, there's media guys at practice, like, look at him. And so if he does not, if we're wrong about him, we shouldn't do practice reports. All right. So the, the last two we have here, again, it's week one. We don't know who's starting at quarterback for Florida State, so prize picks is it's kind of limited on the individual Florida State players. But I do have two receivers from Florida State. We're going to get receptions on one, yards on the other. Keyshawn Helton at three receptions exactly. Uh, let's start with Tim, go to TJ, and I'll, I'll round this one out. I'm going to go over. I think they're completing 24, 25 passes in this game. Um, I like the over as well because there's not a hook, right? Like, you, yeah, like yeah. You know, Life's too short to bet under. So <laughs> if I get to three, I'm fine, right? Like a, a push is, is fine to me. So, yeah, over. Yeah, and I think of, of all the receivers listed, and we'll get to this on the next one, Ontario Wilson and Keyshawn Helton are the only ones for Florida State. Andrew Parchment's the guy that I'm – Yeah, I was wondering. He doesn't he, have a number. He, yeah. he does not, and he's the guy that if Florida State wants to have any chance at pulling this upset, has to have not a massive game, but at least like, you know, five for 50 and a touchdown, something along those lines. I could set a number for him. How about 65 and a half yards? All right, well, we'll do a bonus one. Yeah. Let me answer Hilton first. Okay. I, I I do think Hilton gets the um, – I think Hilton gets over three because I could see them using him, uh, you know, two jet sweeps, and that's two receptions right there. Um, so that's something as simple as that. And then one more. I, I do think Hilton will be our most consistent receiver for the entire year. Um, bonus pick via Tim O'Malley of Irish Illustrated. Uh, Andrew Parchment, 65 and a half. So this is wild because he's sounded like he's had a very inconsistent camp. But when he's good, he's really freaking good. So that could come on one play because he is yeah. a true deep threat. I I have to take the under just because I've never seen him in play ever in Florida State or Kansas uniform or the Juco he was at before that. Um, I've never seen the guy play. I've seen highlights in practice. Impressive, but I'm not sure he has the consistency, and I don't know how well our offensive line holds up to give Jordan Travis or McKenzie Melton the time. So I'll take under 65 and a half. TJ, what do you think? You're on mute, TJ. I'm not even adding that. I think under as well. I need to see it to believe it. I'd love to be wrong on this one, but I'm not. I'd love for him to have a breakout big first game, but I'm not. I'm not buying it just yet. All right, Tim, you set the number. What, what's your? I'm going. I'm going over. Someone in the receiving core is going over with Notre Dame's corners. Yeah. So I'm going to go parchment just for the now. So is Malik McLean like a true backup, or is he going to rotate in a lot as a I, as a freshman? I think he'll see a good bit of playing time, but again, true freshman. I really think Hard Freeman's going to gonna try and press Florida State's receivers because they've not been good to, you know, getting off the line of scrimmage in mm-hmm. recent years. Um, and being a true freshman, even if he's more talented than his, you know, counterpoint on the other side of the ball, he doesn't have that experience at the college level. Um, I think Malik McLean is, will be the highest drafted receiver on Florida State's roster currently. 
but again, he's a true freshman. So yeah, yeah. you got to pump the brakes a little bit there. TJ, any thoughts on McLean? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, same thoughts as that I've got for everybody's, you know, everybody in the wide receiver room. I mean, just got to have somebody to like that shows you, right? Like until I see it, like it's hard to, it's hard to really believe it. Now, you know, one of these guys may shock, but you know, like, like Tim said, there's not that Tamar and Terry that, you know, is going to be the, the big, the big one that kind of comes and, and hits. And so it's hard to, it's hard to like, just know that that's coming without a doubt, you know, this early anyway. So yeah, uh, we'll, not sure. We'll, we'll wrap it up here. Um, the last one from prize picks is Ontario Wilson, who's kind of a question mark for Florida state and a receiver that if he has a good year, I think that, Speaks well for Florida State's prospects on the season. Ontario Wilson, 56 and a half receiving yards. I, I don't see it. Uh, not this week against Notre Dame. I, he's not a number one. I'm surprised that they kind of made him the number one at prize pick. But maybe we'll uh, have TJ let the people making the numbers know, hey, uh, you need to focus on Parchment, McLean, these guys moving forward. So I, I got to go under 56 and a half on, uh, on Ontario Wilson in receiving yards. TJ, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's under as well. I mean, there's the chance that he breaks a big one, but I don't. I I think that he's getting not enough targets to have have this happen. So if he breaks a big one, then I lose it. But I'd say under on this one. I'm I'm under because I think Helton's more than three. Like I I was shocked by the three, and then my own personal line, I'm over on Parchment. So I I, I think I go under on Wilson. Yeah, I think that's the best part about week one with the. It's terrible betting teams that you're not that familiar with, but teams that you do know, I feel like you have an advantage over the odds makers yeah, uh, yeah. in week one. Um, and we won't pick this one, but it is on prize picks. And Tim, I just want to get your thoughts. It had Jake Cohn at 197.5 passing yards. Um, just thoughts on that, because that seems Dude, like Notre Dame's yeah. going to run the ball. Yeah, I would probably go. Ah, that's a great number. Now I'm a little concerned about all my picks because that's such a good number. On uh, yeah, I think they'll. I well, I'm gonna go slightly over because of jets and screens. I'm not okay. saying it's looking like Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball for 190, you know, for 207 yards, but I think the screen game will be involved. They'll throw a lot to Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, the other running back, and the Jets. I mean, you could even take out the Jets. They're gonna throw a lot of passes to the running backs to slow down that pass rush. So I will go over. Doesn't mean it's like an aerial show, but over in the yards. So let's get to what everybody really wants to know. Uh, Notre Dame, seven and a half point favorites over under 56. Um, let's get a score prediction. And I guess with the prediction, we'll say if we're going over or under. Right. Um, but yeah, I think those lines are really good. I guess I'll start it off here. I think it's one of those games where it's going to be close. But I, and Tim, I don't know if you remember this game. TJ definitely will. 2011 Oklahoma in Dope Campbell Stadium. I kind of see it like that. You know, where Oklahoma is leading the whole way, Florida State's right there. They keep fighting, 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 and Oklahoma just pulls away at the end. Um, I, I think Notre Dame wins this. I'm taking the under just barely 31-24 Irish. Um, and I think it's a backdoor cover by Florida State to where Notre Dame, the game's not really in doubt, but the window is open. So I think being at the game is going to be exciting that we're going to have hope. Uh, and maybe I'm just trying to speak this into existence. But I, I do think Notre Dame is just – they're on another level than Florida State right now. I tried to convince myself to pick Florida State, you know, with everything going on, our first full capacity since the pandemic, a, a somewhat return to normalcy. The Bobby Bowden playing on a Sunday, the Lord's Day. Uh, there's everything for a Disney movie to make this a Florida State win. 
but this is real life and I cannot pick Florida State to beat Notre Dame. So give me the Irish 31-24, TJ, and then we'll finish with our special guest. Yeah, I don't know that Florida State keeps this super, super close. I, I don't like us to cover the spread. Um, I don't necessarily know that I. it's just an absolute blowout. I think that Florida State has and, and will have improved slightly from last year, will be healthier than they were last year. Like you said, playing at home, a lot of excitement, playing in, you know, not in the cold, like just a lot of things in Florida State's favor. Um, I don't know, you know, I think Notre Dame is, you know, uh, Notre Dame is, you're getting them at a, maybe a good time. Not that Florida State has like some kind of great culture and, you know, guys are used to playing with each other, but you're getting Notre Dame early with a new quarterback, new offensive lineman, different things like that. You know, Florida State, probably isn't in this one late, but maybe scores late to make it look closer than it is. I've got 38-28 Notre Dame. Yeah, I keep going back and forth. I'm, I'm going under. Uh, I keep going back and forth on – I really like off-the-field Florida State stuff in this game, which also permeates a little bit on the field because you're getting four quarters out of Florida State. You know, I don't think you could always say that the last couple of years, that you're going to get four quarters out of them. I think you definitely will in this game. I like the defensive ends. I like the defensive line overall. Um, question mark. When you say your question marks about the team you cover is, I think the offensive line will be good by the end of the year. Don't get me wrong there, but like it is the opener. So when you say the offensive line in the corners are your two question marks and you're playing on the road at Florida State, I don't care if Andrew Parchment's from Kansas. It just seems like Florida State's got enough weapons to take advantage of what I just said. But I'm in more in the 31-20 Notre Dame range. I do think they will control it at some point where they'll kind of settle in and Notre Dame's defense will be the best unit on the field, defensive front seven especially, just kind of controls the game. And their cult. Notre Dame's a little undervalued right now in terms of returning starters because I think Brian Kelly looks at them as a veteran team, um, not as a team that's replacing a lot. They're just replacing a, a lot on the offensive line. Yeah, I think it's a situation where Florida State needs uh, – Trust me, TJ, myself, all Florida State faithful celebrated that North Carolina win like crazy last year. But you need a play like that Josh Kando pick six yeah. that's, that's kind of fluky that you can't there, – there's no game planning for that, right? It just happened at the perfect time. Uh, we had the momentum, and it still took North Carolina dropping two passes wide open at, at the end of the game for Florida State to seal that. So I, it needs to be something like that, like a pick six or, or a special teams touchdown – that's Florida State's key to having a chance, in my opinion. Uh, I know they spent a lot of time on special teams this fall camp, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm going to that stadium expecting Notre Dame to probably win, but I don't think a loss or a Florida State win would surprise me that much. I'm just excited. We're back to a packed Dope Campbell Stadium. Yeah. Haven't been in a packed Dope Campbell Stadium in, in a long time. Even when I was there in, for Miami in 2018, there's only like 50,000 people there because of how bad we were. I'm excited. I know TJ's excited. We'll be tailgating all day. Um, TJ, take it away, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with Tim. I think we, you know, I think that Notre Dame probably puts a little bit more on. I I like the score a little bit higher, just picking the over there. But I think Notre Dame puts yeah. a little bit more on us, and then we kind of get one late in garbage time. So that's how I'm that's how I'm getting to the over. So I, I, got the yeah, I got the yeah. back door cover. I got the back door cover at seven and a half. Yeah, there. I have the back door almost cover. So anyway, Tim O'Malley, Irish Illustrated, thank you for hanging out with us today. Did you have one more thought? I, I did. I, I will yeah. say, and I haven't really expressed this on our podcast or anything. I feel like if 
it's more likely Notre Dame covers than Florida State covers and loses. Does that make – do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like yeah. Florida State, if they cover this game, might, like, be pulling it out. Um, I don't I don't think that's more likely than Notre Dame covering. I think Notre Dame could win by 14 more than Florida State will win. But I think if Florida State is just, like, really in this the whole time, there's a – there. I mean, the emotion of that place will be pretty impressive. I could not figure out the last big game with fans that Florida State had there. I was looking back at their schedule. I was like, it must have been Miami. But when you say 55,000 people, it clearly wasn't no, it, the situation. It, it, was, it was Virginia Tech and Willie Taggart's first game, and we all know okay. how that turned yeah. out. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. other than that, I, I do think this week will be special. And I agree with you, Tim. I, I, Florida State, like I said, I, I have them covering but losing, but I definitely get your point to where – if they're hanging around that long and have a chance late in that atmosphere with the environment, with the storyline, it would just make sense for Florida state to win it. Or it makes more sense for Notre Dame just to win, you know, 38 to 20 or something. And that's what we love college football. The the spreads. I don't know if you uh, bet on any games week one. I did spreads were not close. I don't think a single FBS game, the spread was within seven points of the number. Like the, the Vegas has no idea right now. And I think that's kind of what's going on here. Are yeah. they giving Florida State too much credit because of the body factor, the the home game, a first full crowd? You know, Notre Dame hasn't played in a hostile environment in two years. This is why we love college football, right? Because there's so many unknowns, and we're all going to be there Sunday night, and we'll know by midnight. We're excited for it. We're excited to get there. Like you said, it's been a long time, long time coming. Um, Tim O'Malley of Irish Illustrated. Um if you have time to pop up, did you say you're getting in town on Saturday or you're getting on yeah, get in Saturday, Saturday. Okay. Saturday. We'll be, watching, we'll, we'll be watching college football somewhere on Saturday. All right. Yeah. That's feel, great. Feel free to hit us yeah. up. If you, uh, if you don't want to sit at a bar by yourself yeah. or if you don't have other plans, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm excited because the, the wife's a Bama fan. So uh, I get to cheer hardcore against Miami and for Bama. So there you I'll, go. Be, I'll be a winner at least one be, day this week. To be very fair. Like, my wife is not a Bama fan and I still cheer against Miami every week. So like everybody gets to experience that with you. <laughs> Tell well, Valley Irish illustrated. We appreciate you for hanging out. We will see you on Sunday. Have a safe trip. And thank you again for your time. All right, looking forward it. to it. Thanks guys. Thanks. Buddy. Thanks um, I am excited to Harlan and I still can't get that right for those watching, but <laughs> I am excited to, Get to joke. I appreciate Tim coming on. So go, go. Yeah. I think on, on Twitter, it's Tim O'Malley in D. Um, I'll confirm that just so that I'm not giving out bad info here. Um, but appreciate him coming on. Um, yeah, that is what it is. Tim O'Malley in D, Irish Illustrated. So appreciate his time. Um, again, go go download that Price Picks app. That's what, that's, yeah. you know. I bet I make more money than Richie does this weekend. I bet I pair more stuff up. Like, I, did you put a hundred bucks in? I put a hundred. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. I, who I, I wanted that full match. And so, for the people listening, to this prize pick, like I'd never heard of it until TJ told us that they're sponsoring us now. But it's really cool because if you don't feel comfortable betting on games, but you have a really good feeling on individual players, like all the lines we just read you are from prize picks. So if you think Jay Sean Corbin, no doubt going over forty-seven and a half yards, you can bet on that. Um, the, the catch is you have to bet on at least two players. So you'd bet on him and then you could bet on any other running back or any other quarterback, just got to bet two players. And there's two options. You can either take the option where if you get one, right, you get like half of your money back. But if you get both, right, you can double, triple, quadruple your money. There's just a lot of options. I'm really looking forward to seeing this, uh, and playing this. 
it's also cool once things really start to get going, you can mix games and you can take the over on LeBron's points and Mahomes' yeah. passing yards, which is, which is neat. You're like, you know, it doesn't have to all be from the same game. It doesn't, you know, you can you can get really creative with it. Um, Saturday, we have Richie's competitions. We will get some pictures and videos and things from that. Again, you could donate at paypal.me slash double fries. Just found a little um, scrolling thing there. PayPal.me slash double fries. We will give all contributions to charity. We'll probably just write the boosters a check. So um, donate to a good cause. Get to laugh at Richie's expense. Um, game on Sunday. We'll probably do a reaction show if we don't get just absolutely blown out. Tailgate on Sunday afternoon. If you want to show up, please feel free to come by. Um, we, I'm telling you. So Guthrie's is providing the food at the tailgate. Um Drinks are going to be on Bay Cannon Beer Company. Um, my buddy Matt, who I was actually just hanging out with him today, is bringing several cases of craft beer from Bay Cannon here in Tampa. Go check them out if you're in the area. I watched several FSU games there over the last couple of years. Great, great spot. Appreciate them for the beer that they're bringing and that we're drinking on Sunday afternoon. So get to get to come by the tailgate, try some different stuff. We appreciate them um, for their support in bringing that. And I think that's it, Richie. I think that th those are all my announcements. I don't know if you have any other thoughts before we wrap up, but I think we did a good job previewing the game with Tim. Um, yeah. But I'm excited. I'm leaving in the morning. So I'll see, see you guys in Tallahassee tomorrow. Yeah, the, uh, the wife has a half day tomorrow, so I'll spend the morning doing laundry, packing, all that good stuff. Then we're dropping the dog off at my mom's house in Kissimmee and off to Tallahassee. Uh, we should be there by, you know, five, six o'clock. So I'm really excited to spend a nice long weekend and not a rushed one. That's the cool thing about a Sunday game. You know, typically we hit up there Friday night, game Saturday, we leave Sunday. So we get that extra full day on Saturday. I'm obviously going to need it for these uh, athletic competitions with Vic Allen and John Pock. Uh, but then have time to just go hang out and enjoy watching college football, a couple big games, you know, Miami, Bama, Georgia, Clemson. Uh, I, I want to see Penn State, Wisconsin, like that, a lot of great action. And we're just excited to get to Tallahassee. It'll be a fun weekend, a special weekend. Win or lose, I think everyone will have a really good time that, that heads up there this weekend. Beautiful weather for September. Yeah, I, I was going to say this when we were starting, but yeah, with everything kind of going on, um, Harlan, I don't, I don't know if you're, uh, I mean, obviously you're welcome. I think I told you about this, but we're, t we're doing a tour tomorrow afternoon of, of Doak. Uh, we're going to, Richie and I and Harlan are going to dinner on um, Friday night, um, doing all the fun stuff, you know, with Richie and John and Vic on um, on Saturday morning, watching college football all day on Saturday afternoon. Um, I know Sinone from Nolls 247 is going to come out with us and hang out. We're going to find some bourbon bars and stuff, so we'll have a great time. Uh, tailgate, then game on Sunday. Uh, after the last year and a half, we were, we deserve this. Like, we, des yes, <laughs> we, we, we deserve this weekend. Like, um, so – yeah, obviously want to win. Obviously want FSU to win. Um, but I'm not I'm gonna have a great weekend either way, you know. So I'm looking forward to it. Um you have a song for us uh, to play us out, Richie? Uh yeah, you know what? It's week one for Florida State. I'm excited. Give me some uh, Kenny Chesney Boys of Fall. Oh, I like it. I like it. I think I did that one time with Allie on the Peak to Pit podcast, like when when it when it was like coming back or week yeah, one or something. So it's, great it's lines. Game week. You will not hear us from us again until after the game, unless you stop by our tailgate. So let's leave you with a great football song. That there's actually a little mini documentary about it where he meets Bobby Bowden stuff, which is all really cool stuff.
Yeah, no, no doubt. So we will talk to you guys later. See us on social media until the, until after the game. But until then, man, go no. fresh cut grass I'm back in my helmet cleats and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall They didn't let just anybody in that club Took every ounce of heart and sweat and blood To get the way those game day jerseys down the hall The kings of the school, man, where the boys are fall Well, it's turning face the stars and stripes It's fighting back them butterflies It's calling in the air, all right, yes, sir and it's knocking heads and talking trash It's slinging mud and dirt and grass It's I got your number, I got your back When your back's against the wall You mess with one man You got a song The boys are fall. In little towns like mine, that's all they got Newspaper clippings fill the coffee shops The old men will always think they know it all Young girls will dream about the boys will fall Well, it's turning face to stars and stripes It's Fighting back them butterflies It's calling in the air around Yes, sir, we want the ball And it's knocking heads and talking trash It's slinging mud and dirt and grass It's I got your number, I got your back When your back's against the wall You mess with one man You got a song Fighting back them butterflies It's calling in the air All right, yes sir, we want the ball It's knocking heads and talking trash It's slinging mud and dirt and grass It's I got your number, I got your back When your back's against the wall You mess with one man you got a song Boys of fall
the boy. 